The reading is from the first book of Kings, continuing in chapter 2. And unto Abiathar the priest said King Solomon, Get thee to Anathoth, unto thine own fields, for thou art worthy of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou bearest the ark of the Lord God before David my father, because thou hast been afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar for being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. This is the word of the Lord. Well, no wonder. I don't plan to preach on First Kings during Lent. I plan all the sermons during Lent. I hope to keep based on the, the Gospel of Mark, which we'll be doing in the evenings and Sunday morning. So I'm figuring where are we going to end when time Lent starts. I think we're going to end with the with the execution of Joab. I think that's a very satisfactory place to end. It, uh, give you all a sense of fulfillment. Joab has finally got what's coming to him. I know there's been quite a bit of ill feeling toward Joab in the parish. Now Solomon begins his reign by dealing with the conspirators who had attempted to put Adonijah on the throne. We have reflected already on his execution of Adonijah, which we had a week ago. And next week we will be reading about the execution of Joab. But between these two, there's this, these three verses where he deals with Abiathar the priest. In this case, Solomon tells the man he deserves death, but he won't execute him. Solomon shows what I believe to be an appropriate mercy. Although Abiathar had been an important component in the conspiracy, Solomon was elected to have him executed. Not simply because he was a priest. In fact, the Bible is very emphatic. The priests deserve no mercy. If a priest sins, God will deal with him far more severely than anyone else. So he's not saved because he's a priest. But because Abiathar 
had earlier risked his own life for his service to young David. Recall, for instance, in the insurrection, the earlier insurrection of Absalom, that Abiathar had tried to flee with David and carry the ark with him. David made him go back, keep the ark in the city. But if the Abiathar was throwing in his lot with David, that was his desire. The author also expects us to recall the story contained in 1 Samuel 21 and 22, and I presume all of you recall it, right? That's it, I thought so. I saw all of these people going. David, we remember, in his desert flight from King Saul, had gone to the priestly city of Nob. Priestly city of Nob. Where Abimelech, the priest, had fed David and his men with the showbread from the altar. That's very explicit in chapter 21 of 1 Samuel. And Jesus himself refers to it, doesn't he? Dealing with the Pharisees, he said, don't, don't you remember, he said. He expects everybody to remember what happened there. That's a big scene. Don't you remember, Jesus said, what happened when David went to the city of Nob and met Abimelech. Abimelech had fed David and his men with the only food they had, which was the showbread before the shrine. And he had given to David the large sword of Goliath, because David was without a sword. Now for that kindness shown to David and his men, King Saul had ordered the execution of all the priests of Nob. Anybody remember who did the executing? All right, you won't forget after tonight. Probably the, ev- the most evil man in the Bible, Doeg the Edomite. Doeg the Edomite. If you want to know more about Doeg the Edomite. No, I guess I haven't written on that yet. I was going to say there's a book called, and I can't remember the name of the book. Uh, if, if it's in Christ and the saints, I don't know why he's in there, because Doeg's certainly not a saint. Um, I published on it someplace but I don't remember where, probably a touchstone article. Anyway, Doeg the Edomite, at Saul's, at Saul's order, takes a sword and kills, tries to kill all of the priests of Nob, the whole city of priests, wipe them out. The only priest who managed to escape was a young man named Abiathar. And that's the one we're reading about tonight. Young Abiathar was the only one to escape. He fled to David's camp and became the priest for David's bound band of outlaws. When I think about that, that David needed a priest in his band of outlaws, the only one person I could be think of was Friar Tuck. He's the only one that came to mind. Friar Tuck, 
the spiritual director of Robin Hood's gang. Abiathar remained in the retinue of David for the rest of the king's life. Disloyalty to David, Solomon believed, should not be forgotten. And there's a message in here about wisdom. Remember, Solomon is being portrayed as a wise man, a wise king. The new king was not, not about to destroy a series of precious memories by punishing too severely an old man's mistake in judgment. Abiathar had lived a long and devoted life of service. In his old age, he was deluded into backing Adonijah, but Solomon is not about to wipe out that long, long stream of memories for the sake of one thing. Consequently, Solomon does what I believe and the Bible seems to believe, an honorable thing. Although Abiathar's participation in the conspiracy could not be overlooked, Solomon determines that the death penalty would be excessive. In case of Abiathar, wisdom dictated mercy. And that is often the case, that wisdom dictates mercy. Abiathar, unlike Joab, had never shed innocent blood, nor did Solomon really have anything to fear from this old man in the future. So he could not, in justice, treat Abiathar like Adonijah or Joab. So Solomon condemns Abiathar to what amounted to house arrest. He was ordered to leave the capital and return to his farm to live out the rest of his days in peace. As you say, Abiathar was sentenced to a forced and early retirement. He would be obliged to avoid public life and the political scene but he would stay at home and do what people do when they retire. He was condemned to do what many wise men would consider a blessing and good fortune. Abiathar was now free to go home and sit down, for example, and compose his memoirs. Is that far-fetched? Come on, tell me you think it's far-fetched and I'll, I'll show you where you're wrong. Okay, tell me. <laughs> tell me if that's far-fetched. Consider this. Consider this. Mm -hmm. The story I just told you about from 1 Samuel chapters 21 and 22, there are details in there that only Abiathar would have known. He was, the only, he was the only living witness to things that happened. 
That's to say, he did write his memoirs. And the author of Kings read those memoirs. And that's how we have the story. Amen.